The following episode of Lyrics of Their Life podcast contains some distressing content that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, and welcome to Lyrics of Their Life podcast for this special bonus episode, as we'll be taking a look at the recent tragedy of the Astroworld Festival involving rapper Travis Scott, where sadly 10 concertgoers have now lost their lives. Did Travis Scott alone cause this, or were there other factors at play? What actually happened that evening, and was Travis Scott's previous concerts telling of a disaster waiting to happen? I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life. The Astroworld Festival first began in 2018, launching alongside Travis Scott's third studio album titled Astroworld, and saw the likes of Lil Wayne, Post Malone, and Pop Smoke, among many others, perform there over the years, becoming a very popular festival. The biggest tragedy at the Astro World Festival, however, would occur on the 5th of November, 2021, at NRG Park in Houston, Texas, when Travis Scott took to the main stage, known as the Chills Stage, causing a massive stampede of excited fans, and a total of 10 young fans sadly would lose their lives, while hundreds more were injured. According to many first-hand accounts that evening, the festival started off with an eerie feeling in the air, as many made their way through a strange mouth-shaped entrance, resembling Travis Scott's face, similar to the one seen on the Astro World album cover. Also at the venue was a strange demonic-looking statue, of Scott emerging from a cube-shaped object that gave off weird vibes, according to some concertgoers. This was all consistent with the way the event was also advertised, with a poster displaying what's recognised as the all-seeing eye and Illuminati symbols, as well as the cover art for the new single Escape Plan, replicating a newspaper article with a demonic-looking Travis Scott and the headline and subheading reading, The True Dystopia Is Here, when the end arrives, it's really the beginning. Who knows what lies beneath the surface? Anywhere from 40 to 50,000 attendees were expected on the day after selling out in less than an hour back in May. But on the day, only 37,000 concertgoers scanned into the event using their tickets, leaving the actual total in doubt, with some saying there could have been anywhere from 50 to even 60,000 people in attendance. The hype around the festival caused many to turn up and attempt to enter illegally by jumping barricades and trampling over fences, as security allowed a mass influx of fans to come storming into the venue without checking their tickets and were simply outnumbered. While the stage design, which was said to have resembled an upside down cross, along with a T-shaped VIP area, was simply not structured to deal with that many eager fans all at once, as it had limited exit points. Live Nation were the company responsible for the event, but were criticised over this extended VIP section where Scott's wife Kylie Jenner and their three-year-old daughter Stormy were located. 
As mentioned earlier, this area was shaped in a T design and restricted many fans from seeing Travis Scott from the back section, causing more and more fans to flock to the two front sections, which ended up acting as a trap as many had a large fence to their back and couldn't move anywhere as more people flocked in to fill the empty spaces and as soon as they knew it, they were stuck with no way out. Despite around 1,000 security and police personnel being present on the day, which was double the amount they had for this festival compared to last year, the event was destined to be a disaster, especially after Live Nation failed to stop over 5,000 fans entering the festival without tickets numerous times throughout the day. About an hour or two before Travis Scott was set to perform, people started making their way to the main chills stage, eagerly awaiting him after performances by Caesar, Roddy Rich, Little Baby and Don Tolliver all taking place on separate stages. Before Travis Scott's show even had begun, 300 people were said to have been seen by the on-site medical staff over the course of the whole day, as well as a number of concert goers that were sent to hospital for more serious injuries. It was highlighted by concert goers through many fan-made videos that the crowd appeared to be quite well managed for earlier performances. As the crowd waited for Scott's set to begin, on the large monitor on stage, some text read, see you on the other side, which some fans found a little weird, but didn't think too much into it at this stage. These symbols and references to hell, demons and the Illuminati are often seen throughout Scott's music videos and are themes he likes to include in his music, which he clearly carried over to his live set. But undeniably, it was quite disturbing and strange, no matter if you believe in the many theories circulating or not. With many of his fans even second-guessing themselves before the show had even begun, after the clear amount of symbolism used. For 30 minutes, a timer counted down for Scott's performance, as reports started to surface, claiming that the crowd had already started to push, with one woman claiming that she had already seen 50 people being dragged or crowd surfed out of the crowd. At 9.02pm, the concert kicked off with an ear-piercing, shrieking, build-up tune, ringing out across the festival grounds in a type of electronic horror-style frequency as a large phoenix or what many claim was a burning dove rose over the set with eight pyro flames shooting upwards out of the stage. Also completing the set was a circular type entrance representing a portal which was seen on stage with an animated eyeball at the rear of the portal as the upside down cross formation of the stage leads into it. Adding to the stage design was a huge mountain or volcano like prop with tiny human or demon-like animated figures seen walking up them. Scott also appeared wearing a t-shirt that had demon-like figures crossing through a portal or doorway, with all of this immediately raising concern levels of many in the crowd, including one attendee who said it was like being at a concert in hell.
Travis Scott then emerged as he shot through from under the stage floor and onto the stage as a push for the front from the crowd started to occur with many being crushed in the process. Many were cramped up against each other with people they didn't even know and many couldn't even lift their arms above their head or control their own body to attempt to move away from the crowd. People were profusely sweating on one another as the temperature of the crowd quickly started to rise and oxygen levels significantly decreased as some were pressed so hard up against each other or the barriers that they couldn't even breathe or were simply being crushed under the weight of so many people. Some thoughtful people in the crowd began giving each other water and calling out to security staff to help those that were passing out but even the staff struggled to reach the people in need, let alone pull people out, as it was that cramped. The look on the faces of some of the Live Nation security personnel said it all, as they were in way over their heads, with a group of employees and police awkwardly dropping one individual on their neck after attempting to carry them out on a stretcher. It was total chaos and a disaster, as some fans were pushed onto their backs and had no choice but to shield their face as others trampled over the top of them, leaving footprints on their skin and broken bones. While some claim at certain points, people had fallen over into piles of two or three bodies deep and struggled to get back up, almost suffocating. While some say it was due to the excitement of the crowd, other reports stated that there was something that spooked the crowd, causing people to panic and rush to the front. This point was also raised by the local Houston police and mainstream media, who took it one step further and claimed someone may have been threatening to jab concertgoers with a needle laced with drugs, causing the hysteria. But that investigation is still ongoing, while first-hand reports from concertgoers don't appear to agree that someone was running around with a needle and instead that something else spooked the audience. I will tell you, one of the narratives was that some individual was injecting other people with drugs. We do have a report of a security officer, according to the medical staff that was out and treated him last night, that he was reaching over to uh, restrain or grab a citizen and he felt a prick in his neck. When he was examined, he went unconscious. They administered Narcan. He was revived and the medical staff did notice a prick that was similar to um, a, a prick that you would get if somebody's trying to inject. Despite all of this happening and the failure of Live Nation to get everything under control, some members of the crowd attempted to stop the show, including a female and male attendee who made it onto the side of a media tower by climbing up a ladder. They both questioned a man who was filming the live stream for Apple Music as they desperately urged the camera crew, or anyone who had listened to them, to stop the show, with the female fan screaming, quote, Someone's dead, someone's dead. But she was totally ignored, and even booed by some fans, who hadn't realised that people were getting crushed, and literally killed behind them. That's okay, the crowd told the male fan to jump down as he replied, People are fucking dying. I want to save somebody's life. That's somebody's kid.
Don't know what y'all came to do, chasing me. Let's go. Despite their pleas, the concert continued, and while Travis did halt the show once or twice for very brief periods of time, he didn't call off the show and kept on performing, immediately after stopping. At one stage, Scott even performed the dance known as the robot on top of a raised platform while multiple fans were down receiving CPR. The platform he was on would have given him a great view of the crowd, so to act like he didn't know what was going on around him is completely ridiculous. Some first-hand reports say that regular crowd members were even performing CPR until paramedics arrived, usually around 20 minutes later. What many found disturbing was Scott started laughing at one stage while hunched over when screams and cries for help rang out in the crowd, and the music had even stopped at this moment, so surely he or his crew could have been able to hear and they could have put a stop to the show, but instead, Money and the ridiculous statement that some fans made that the show must go on seemed to be more important than the welfare of his fans. At one point, when Scott did briefly stop the show for an ambulance, Travis called for some help for a fan, but then oddly, and very disrespectfully, starts harmonising into the auto-tune microphone by singing, yeah, which eventually appears to sound like he is chanting dead, as a lifeless body is carried out by paramedics. As the person was carried away, Scott then yelled out to the audience, let's go, and instructed the audience that he wanted them to make the ground shake like an earthquake. It would have been a traumatic scene for so many, with bodies being carried out with the help of the crowd as they were being crowd surfed to safety. Ambulances were being stopped by fans from leaving as some decided to jump on top of the vehicles and dance on top of them. It was reported that golf carts were even converted into ambulances like transport vehicles as they had struggled to get in with the larger vehicles and there was clearly zero control over the show from Live Nation with reports some security even walked off the job. It was that bad. At one point in the show, Travis Scott even noticed a fan standing up in a tree from a fair distance away in the crowd. Despite being so far away, 
Travis acknowledged him and encouraged him to climb higher, but he couldn't take notice of the many bodies being carried out around him and the thousands of screams for help from his fans. As soon as Drake came out, making a surprise appearance alongside Scott to perform sicko mode, the crowd went even crazier, as hyped up fans stormed to the front, creating even more tramplings and injuries. Despite all of this horror, the concert still wrapped up around 10.15pm, with Scott performing his entire 25 song set, despite finishing earlier than scheduled. Scott waved to the crowd and said, I love you all, make it home safe, good night, before jogging off stage. This angered some paramedics, police and security who were left to deal with the aftermath and they were simply overwhelmed with the amount of injuries and deaths as fears of riots followed, although luckily none eventuated. 25 of the injured were transported to hospital that evening, many of them suffering from heart problems such as cardiac arrest, with 11 people at one stage during the concert needing attention all at once due to cardiac arrest. A further 300 people were treated on site at the festival hospital for things like broken ribs, breaks, cuts, people passing out, and head knocks. But the most tragic of all were the eight casualties that had been announced, with the oldest victim being 27 years old. Two more concert goers died days later, taking the total deaths to 10 after they were in critical conditions. They included a 22-year-old who was pronounced brain-dead and passed away six days later after the incident, while a 9-year-old was the youngest casualty, becoming officially the 10th concert-goer to pass away, after being crushed and placed into a medically-induced coma for days, only to succumb to these injuries nine days later. As the aftermath of the concert started receiving mass media attention all over the world, Travis Scott, on the other hand, went to an after-party with Drake at the local Dave & Buster's restaurant, which in their opinion was where they first learned about the deaths and decided to immediately leave. Scott's PR team put out a statement claiming Scott had no idea any of this had happened and was unaware of any deaths until the police report hit the news. Many fans took to social media to make the point that he was clearly lying as he stopped the show briefly to witness lifeless bodies being carried out, ambulances in the crowd and the many warnings by screaming fans who were trying to get the show shut down. The community support was fantastic with many flocking to the scene to create their own memorial filled with flowers, soft toys and messages of support. Many first-hand videos were released via social media after the show with fans relaying what they saw and how they felt at the concert, with many expressing that there were a lot more than just eight dead at the show, with many claiming there were bodies laying everywhere after being dragged into the VIP section, with some suggesting that there was some sort of cover-up on the amount of dead that was announced to the public with some fans going as far to say it was some sort of sick satanic ritual and that they are totally done with Travis Scott. It's probably like a hundred thousand plus people, you know, everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Just standing around in the barricades, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't as bad, but something told me don't stand in the barricade. I sat on the side, you see what I'm saying? I went all the way to like the end of the line and I was like right there on the barricade, but I sat like, you know, like took a seat on it. So I wouldn't be in the crowd like that. 
but I'm, I kid you, I kid y'all not, bro. As soon as Travis Scott started, like as soon as he started, like all the flame, the fly, the fire, the fucking like the the phoenix and all that shit, and then he popped out, started going crazy, and like I'm telling you, as soon as he started going crazy, like the whole crowd started raging and shit. Everybody just screaming, help, help, help. Mind you, I'm sitting on top of the fence. So I'm looking down on everybody and I'm seeing all this shit happening. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers reaching and they crying. I'm trying to pull people out. So look, in the middle, it's a VIP section. Like different celebrities and people who pay like thousands of dollars to sit in the VIP section. I'm Mind you, I'm pulling people out and I'm trying to pull them into that VIP section. That's where like people was pulling people in so they can breathe. So the people in the damn VIP section, they getting mad, telling me, why the fuck you pulling people over here in our section? I'm like, man, fuck that shit, bro. These people about to lose their motherfucking lives. You know what I'm saying? So I pulled out this one boy. This boy, he probably like 14 years old. This is a little bitty teenager, bro. This one lady, I kid you not, in the fucking VIP section, literally put her hands on this boy and associated this boy and started hitting him. Like, didn't I tell y'all don't jump the fuck over? So I end up screaming, like, bitch, who the fuck is you to tell somebody what the fuck they can do? Like, bitch, this ain't your motherfucking concert, bitch. Don't nobody give a fuck about what motherfucking ticket you paid for. Like, these people need some fucking help. So I'm helping people. I'm pulling people out. And, like, it just felt like we was, like, literally, like, in fucking hell, bro. Like, it felt like we was in a concert in hell. You couldn't breathe. You couldn't see. Like, just imagine all the people they're going to find tonight who was in that crowd, who nobody could see, who nobody could hear, who passed out. And everybody was just trampling on top of them the whole fucking concert. Like, I'm thinking it's probably going to be, like, at least 100 people who dead tonight, like, I kid you not, like, in the VIP section, it was so many bodies laid out. People was getting pulled out who was fainted. And the people were trying, the medics were trying to give them CPR. And they was flipping them over. And, like, they was literally turning black and blue. Like, I never seen no, I never seen death in my fucking life, bro. Just by me alone, it was probably, like, 10 fucking people laid out dead. And, like, once the medics tried to help them, they wasn't responding. They moved to the next person. It was nothing they could have do like this shit like this shit really fucked me up and like really spooked me tonight like that was like some demonic shit like and what was so crazy like people were screaming help trying to tell Travis Scott it was like help the whole crowd was just going like help 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 and he just kept going bro it was like that shit was scary bro it was so demonic bro and mind you y'all see the type of music I make y'all see everything like you know like I've been so heavily influenced by Travis but like after tonight bro like God really showed me, like, you know, like, stay away from that shit, bro. Like, that shit not for you. Because, like, he sacrificed so many people's lives tonight, like, for real. Like, so many people's lives are gone tonight because they want to go to a fucking Travis Scott concert and have fun. You know, he influenced people to be raging and all this shit. So many people broke in and it was just chaos, bro. It was a living fucking hell, bro. Imagine seeing all those dead bodies and that was that was just by me. A second night of the festival was planned for the following day, which was set to feature Tame Impala, Young Thug, Bad Bunny, 21 Savage, and Earth, Wind and Fire, but was cancelled over this tragedy. Following the disaster, on the 6th of November, Travis Scott tweeted an apology, stating, I'm absolutely devastated by what took place last night. My prayers go out to the families and all those impacted by what happened at Astro World Festival. Houston PD has my total support as they continue to look into the tragic loss of life. I am committed to working together with the Houston community to heal and support the families in need. Thank you to the Houston PD, Fire Department and NRG Park for their immediate response and support. Love you all. 
Many fans, however, saw this as a weak apology, with one popular reply reading, the most basic half-assed PR-ridden shit I've ever seen. Following this, Scott decided to release yet another unconvincing, almost script-like apology to his fans and the victims of the tragedy via a video message, as he appears very unsettled, rubbing his forehead profusely, which again came under scrutiny from angry fans, demanding a better apology. Here's the audio for that now. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. We're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time. You know, my fans, my fans like, my fans really mean the world to me and I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And anytime I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know? Um, I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. Uh, we've been working closely. Uh, we've been working closely with everyone to just try to get to the bottom of this. The city of Houston, HPD, fire department. You know, everyone to, uh, you know, help us, help us figure this out. So if you, if you have any information, um, you know, please just contact your local authorities. Um, everybody, continue to just keep your prayers. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just devastated and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. And I'm gonna do everything I can to keep you guys updated and just keep you guys informed on what's going on. Um, love you all. Scott's poor apology and unwillingness to accept any responsibility for the disaster himself led many fans to boycott his music, with some claiming the Astro World Festival finally woke them up to how evil this type of music potentially is, and that the various dark symbols and lack of duty of care was simply a step too far. Event organisers Live Nation also put out a simple and weak statement by saying, We are heartbroken for those lost and impacted. We will continue working to provide as much information and assistance as possible to the local authorities as they investigate the situation. Travis Scott's wife Kylie Jenner also came under fire for posting to her social media pages for her 280 million followers featuring videos of crowd members being trampled and an ambulance attempting to make it through the chaos to injured or potentially critical concertgoers, which many found distasteful and it was quickly removed with many raising the question, how could they not know it was happening and yet film ambulances coming in to help as she put out a statement that many found fake and controversial, stating, Travis and I are broken and devastated. My thoughts and prayers are with all those that lost their lives, were injured or affected in any way by yesterday's events. I want to make it clear, we weren't aware of any fatalities until the news came out after the show and in no world would have continued filming or performing. I am sending my deepest condolences to all the families during this difficult time and will be praying for the healing of everyone who has been impacted. Since releasing their statements, the pair have remained tight-lipped on the situation and haven't posted much since. Many fans that had looked up to Scott for years even took to his social media page asking why he didn't stop the show and displaying their disappointment in him as they posted their videos hoping he would see them 
as well as comparing what he did to other artists that actually stopped the show and did the right thing. One man wrote, My son was at the bottom of one of the human piles. He was crushed. While he survived, many around him did not. They were all screaming for help and to stop the show. You did not, and you, the crew, venue and promoters, will be held responsible. Another wrote, If you do a festival with these numbers of people, you should make sure that everything is okay. It was horrible. The organisation was the worst I've ever seen. While another person wrote, You had no remorse for these families. What if that was your baby girl? The artist Caesar, who performed at the Astroworld Festival, made a statement after the show, saying, Speechless about last night. I'm actually in shock and don't even know what to say. Just praying for everyone in Houston, especially the families of those that lost their lives. Caesar actually performed days later in Salt Lake City, Utah, and noticed a fan of hers had fainted. She immediately stopped the show to speak to the crowd, bearing in mind what had happened days earlier, and made a bold statement, almost condemning her former collaborator Travis Scott and his actions at the Astroworld Festival, saying, Yes, I have played concerts where people have passed out before, and it's like somebody said, people pass out all the time, blah blah blah, but people don't die at concerts all the time, none of us should ever, like don't ever forget that. Caesar then explained to her fans that what happened at Astroworld will change the way live shows are done forever, and especially at hers, as she was quoted as saying, Some things end up shifting and shaping the way you do shit forever, and that's a good thing. In the past, Travis Scott had been in quite some trouble before over similar issues, often displaying his arrogance, aggression, and is known for flaunting his wealth and his star power. If you've followed Travis Scott's career, it's clear to see he has a history of riling up his crowd, promoting reckless and chaotic behaviour from his fans, such as jumping off of props and barricades, egging on fights, crowd surfing, and being so reckless to the point of injuring themselves, almost intentionally, usually requiring a strong police, medic, and security presence at his shows. Back in 2014, he came under scrutiny for posting images on social media of his severely injured fans saying things like, To the kid that didn't survive the rodeo, you're a hero in my book. But due to an outrage, these were later removed. Travis Scott grew up wanting to be a professional wrestler ever since the age of six and wanted to incorporate some of this brutality and recklessness into some of his live shows like it was the WWE with many including Young Thug describing Scott's shows as a fight for survival. Injuries and people passing out of course occurred at his shows beforehand, but nothing to the extent of Astro World 2021, and his continued encouragement of his fans to rage with him and be reckless over the years ultimately is to blame for the tragedy. In one instance, Scott stopped his performance after crowd surfing as a fan had taken one of his shoes from him. Instead of simply asking for it back or grabbing a backup pair and rolling with it, Scott of course decided to lose his cool and instructed the rest of the crowd to quote, fuck his ass up and fuck him up. The fan clearly looked up to Travis and while stealing of course is not the answer, it was a total barbaric overreaction on Scott's part to have his many adoring fans push around and beat up on one guy as they all chanted fuck him up. It was quite disturbing, and of course his fans are going to follow Scott's lead. 
Scott then boos the young fan, and as he is pulled out by security and is escorted away, Travis spits on him and throws items at him, showing his true colours as a poor role model and violent man. Get that motherfucker, get him! You tried to take my shoe? You wanna be a thief? Fuck him up! 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 Get him out of here! Get him out of here! Another example was at the Lollapalooza Festival in Chicago back in 2015. Travis Scott here encouraged his fans to jump the barricade, rush the stage, and told security to let them through by saying to his fans, quote, middle finger up to security right now. This resulted in Scott being charged with disorderly conduct. I want chaos, don't you get the law? Don't you get the law, let's go. They're not gonna stop you, Mike, be down there. Everybody that you see, grab him. Everybody that you see, grab him. He got you, they not gonna stop you. Let's go, let's go. Hey, 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 don't you handle them like that. Set them the fuck off. Everybody in the green shirt, get the fuck back. Get them up to security right now. Yeah. 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 We want race. We want race. We want race. We want race. Following this, a similar occurrence happened in 2017 at a show in Arkansas, and Scott was charged again with disorderly conduct, endangering a minor, and inciting a riot, which this time got him arrested. However, Scott was let off of these charges except for disorderly conduct, which he pleaded guilty to. That same year in New York City, Travis Scott showed that he hadn't learned his lesson, and he continued to encourage concertgoers to jump from venue balconies and ignore security. One unlucky fan fell from the third level balcony, expecting the crowd to catch him, but ended up falling to the floor, resulting in him being paralyzed. I see you, hold on, turn the lights on. Turn the lights on. I see you, bro, you gonna do it. Give me, give me, give me 18 real quick. I see you, but are you gonna do it? Then in 2019, at the second Astroworld Festival, three people were injured in a crowd surge, but again, it was nowhere near as big as the 2021 tragedy. Whether you're a fan of Travis Scott or not, 
It's fair to say he has a history of being neglectful with his fans, and no matter how famous he thinks he is, he especially has a duty of care to provide a safe concert for all, which he is definitely guilty for not following through on, time and time again. While many fans have rushed to defend Scott, saying it is more so the fans' fault for creating the stampede, and while yes, that was a contributing factor, it most importantly comes down to Travis Scott and Live Nation's responsibility, as they could have provided better security protocols to stop people entering the festival illegally. They should have known after years of accidents and event experience that putting an extended VIP section in the middle of an audience, blocking people from seeing their favourite performer that they've just paid good money to go and see, was going to always create issues of overcrowding in the front sections. While simply stopping the show and instructing the crowd to move back and give each other space now and then, like other artists do, would have helped dramatically. Even stopping it altogether, knowing the ambulances were everywhere, people were giving CPR, and fans were even coming to the stage and media tower to warn that death and injuries were occurring, should have been enough to cancel the show right then and there. After taking a look at all the information, it was clear to see that Live Nation had cut corners by hiring bare minimum medical staff and were also criticised for not providing enough water to concert goers, with one woman claiming there were huge queues for the water fountains with wait times of up to three hours and that bottled water was around $7 each to purchase. While one man claimed that if you were up the front and got thirsty that you would have to attempt to battle your way through the cramped crowd to get to the water fountains that were already queued. While he also stated that the overcrowded venue just made it impossible to get to. This has been an issue for many years at concerts where organisers attempt to cut costs and make profit by adding a high price to water and adding one or two water fountains per tens of thousands of attendees therefore suggesting that the concertgoer's health is not as important as profit is in the organiser's eyes. It's important to note that crowd crushings have occurred before, with notable but devastating tragedies coming to mind, including the Who concert in 1979, where 11 people were killed in a show in Cincinnati, Ohio. Then there was an ACDC concert in Salt Lake City, Utah, where three people were crushed to death in 1991. And at a Pearl Jam concert, there were nine people that lost their lives in Denmark at the Roskilde Festival in the year 2000. The difference between Travis Scott's concert and these concerts was they decided to stop the show until those people could get help, while they completely stopped it altogether. In ACDC's case, they took a lengthy break to assess the situation before they were forced to play on by the local authorities in order to prevent a potential riot, despite Brian Johnson claiming that himself, Angus and Malcolm Young were visibly distressed and struggled to get over the incident. They finished the show, but Malcolm Young never ever spoke about it again in public. At the Pearl Jam concert, where 9 people sadly lost their lives and 26 were injured, including 3 seriously injured, a similar crowd crush occurred to Travis Scott's, with a crowd of 50,000 causing many to fall to the ground and be trampled over. The ground that day was soaked and muddy due to heavy rain contributing to the amount of people that fell over, as the surface was extremely slippery. Like Astroworld, security and medical personnel found it near impossible to reach those in need as the crowd was so tightly jam-packed. A number of crowd members were able to get over the front barrier and alert security, who then passed the message on to Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, 
who completely stopped the show towards the end of the song Daughter and attempted to get the crowd to stop and move back. Here's some audio of that moment now. Hey, thanks a lot. I need to tell you something. It has nothing to do with music. It has something to do with uh, personal safety. Uh, you guys are amazing, it seems, but there seems to be a problem up front here, and they're going to ask us to stop for five minutes. All right, so there's nothing going to happen musically for five minutes, and while we're stopped, I'm going to pretend like I'm your best friend and do me a favor, okay? Uh, because you have some other best friends up front here that are hurting, okay? So would you take three steps back? And I'll, I'll ask you on the count of three, okay? Just everybody at once, maybe. I haven't done this in a while, so let's try it together, okay? Uh, give me an answer yes if you want to help out here. All right. It's like a lifeguard here, okay? On the count of three, everyone take two steps back, all right? One, two, three. One, two. And if you're in any certain area, will you just check down your feet and make sure everyone's all right? Make sure there's no one down there. You're not on top of anyone or anything. Oh, f you guys, please. I really need your help. I can't. I'm, I don't think we can live knowing that someone got hurt so bad at a show like this. Okay? Please. On the count of three, will you take three big steps all at once in this area here? Would you please, please for me, say yes, yeah? Please, on the count of three, three steps back, please. One, two, three. One, take a step back. Two, take a step back. Three, please. Great. Better. After realizing that things weren't getting better, and seeing a number of bodies be pulled out from the crowd. Eddie Vedder was seen on the large screen, visibly distressed and tearing up, as Pearl Jam decided to put an end to the show. While Vedder himself didn't take accountability, he was furious at the event staff and the fact that the message had gotten to him late, as he hadn't realised that the stampede had occurred, as it all happened so fast, and that he feels like he could have saved lives if the message got to him sooner. The difference was between Travis Scott and Pearl Jam was as soon as Eddie Vedder had been alerted, he stopped the show immediately and didn't play on after assessing the situation. Vedder and Pearl Jam issued their own statement after the show that was quite sincere towards the victims and their families by saying, quote, This is so painful. I think we are waiting for someone to wake us and say it was just a horrible nightmare and there are absolutely no words to express our anguish in regard to the parents and loved ones of those precious lives that were lost. We have not yet been told what actually occurred, but it seemed random and sickingly quick. It doesn't make sense. When you agree to play a festival of this size and reputation, it is impossible to imagine such a heart-wrenching scenario. Our lives will never be the same but we know that is nothing compared to the grief of the families and friends of those involved. It is so tragic, there are no words. Devastated, Pearl Jam. Other bands scheduled to perform after them decided to cancel their performances, with the band Dad the only one to play to the fans that were still remaining at the festival, as a quote, sensitive memorial concert to pay their respects to those that had died. Pearl Jam actually considered splitting up the band after this nightmarish concert, 
as they sat in their hotel room in Denmark, absolutely devastated, and decided to cancel their last two shows of their tour in order to cope with the grief. Pearl Jam also had a break from performing at festivals until 2006, and ever since have put a huge emphasis on keeping the whole crowd safe. While later on, Eddie Vedder wrote a song for Pearl Jam that commemorates those that were lost in the tragedy, in the song Love Boat Captain, where he sings the line, Lost nine friends will never know, two years ago today, which he alters the lyric when played live as the years go on. Over the years, there have been many examples of performers who have taken longer than a brief moment to take care of their fans' welfare by telling the audience to move back, pick up anyone who falls over, or stopping the show for a period of time, or in some cases completely, to make sure no one is seriously hurt, or worse. With Travis Scott telling his audience at Astro World to stick their middle fingers in the air as if to say that it was God's fault instead of his own or Live Nation's just shows a difference in accountability, especially when comparing it to these clips you're about to hear. The first audio clip is from an Oasis concert in Manchester as the crowd surged towards the front. Secondly, you'll hear an audio clip of Linkin Park's Mike Shinoda and Chester Bennington as they tell the crowd to pick up anyone who's fallen down. As Chester tells the audience, when someone falls, what do you do? As the crowd responds, pick them up. Then the final audio clip will see the great Freddie Mercury stopping some rowdy crowd members from wrecking the show for the rest of the crowd. Here are those audio clips now. Yeah, now listen everybody, right, this is serious. There's a crack in the barrier at the front, right, so they're going to have to get it sorted out before they're going to let us play. So everyone's going to have to take a walk back, right? Listen, that's just the way it is. The barrier's busted. They're going to have to fix it or we can't do the gig. We know we've been stressing all night about being cool, and this is the reason why. Let's go over it one more time. When someone falls, what do you do? When someone falls, what do you do? That's right, people. All right, are we ready to do this one more time? We'll do it again. The whole thing. No? Hold up, hold up. We'll we wait. still got people like passed out and shit. Travis Scott has since been advised to grant counselling to those that attended the concert, while Live Nation offered everyone a refund, but both of these offers were strongly rejected by many who found these offers to be weak and exploitative, and that it was a way of covering Live Nation and Travis Scott from potential lawsuits. Scott also offered to pay for the 10 funerals and medical expenses of the victims, but at least half of the families have already declined. 
The parents of the nine-year-old victim especially refused to accept this offer and made a statement by saying, quote, I have no doubt Mr. Scott feels remorse. His journey ahead will be painful. He must face and hopefully see that he bears some of the responsibility for this tragedy. Another mother of one of the victims even stated that this was not a concert and expressed her grief, as you can hear in this clip. I know the concert might be music, you know, having fun, girls having fun, but this is not concert, right? This was not concert. I don't know what it was, but this was not concert, you know, because my baby didn't come back. The parents of the 14-year-old John Hilgert have also expressed that they will be suing Scott and Live Nation for one million US dollars in damages on the basis of negligence and reckless disregard. As his father said, the pain of our loss from our son John not making it home alive from an event such as this is intolerable. He was a beautiful young man who simply wanted to enjoy his first concert event with his friends. 282 cases so far against Apple, Live Nation, Travis Scott and Drake have built up in a lawsuit seeking over 2 billion US dollars for the tragedy. And with more cases set to be launched and the causes of the deaths still under criminal investigation with the Houston Police Department, Homicide and Narcotics Divisions, this could well and truly spell the end of Travis Scott's career. Hopefully this time around justice prevails and the now 30-year-old Travis Scott isn't let off lightly like he has been in the past. It's perhaps time that reckless performers like Scott, who place his fans in danger and are placed on a pedestal, took some ownership of their actions and face the same punishment as most everyday citizens would. Some of these poor families will never see their beloved children again and if Scott isn't going to quit the industry like so many fans now want him to do, he can do one thing right, and that is to be a role model for his fans moving forward and stop with the reckless behaviour. So this sort of tragedy can never occur again, as it had been building up to this for some time. This tragic event should and needs to change him for the better now, otherwise he may as well accept that his career is well and truly over. Thank you all so much for joining me for that story. Don't forget to check out our other episodes from season one and two. You can also find us on social media at places like Facebook and Instagram. If you're really enjoying the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a review on iTunes, let your friends know about what they've been missing out on, and click the free subscribe button to the podcast so you can receive notifications when new episodes become available direct to you. If you would like to support the podcast that one step further, then feel free to head to our Patreon page or buymeacoffee.com where you can pledge your support for as little as $1 a month. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. Once again, thank you all for listening. I'm your host Adam Hampton and this is Lyrics of Their Life.